0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You're listening to the MLB.com StatCast
0: podcast. Welcome to the third edition of the MLB.com StatCast podcast. With us today, one of the best in business, Len Casper, voice of the Chicago Cubs. Len, thanks so much for taking some time with us this morning. Happy to do so, Mike. How are you? Doing very well. I uh, I turned on the game last night, and it was a great game. The Cubs won one nothing in extra innings. Jason Hamill threw a gem. And the very first thing I saw when I turned on your broadcast is that you were interviewing Vince Gennaro, the president of Saber. And uh, sure. you know that kind of stood out to me because I'd planned to talk to you this morning about you know your willingness to use advanced stats. But I don't think there's a lot of broadcast booths in baseball that would have a guest like that on. So. What I was hoping you could do is tell us a little bit about how you started bringing advanced stats segments to TV uh, and the kind of reaction you've been getting from your fans and really also the other broadcasters around baseball that you speak to about it.
1: Well, it's 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 a really interesting thing, um, Mike. I mean, I you know was a pretty typical baseball fan growing up, uh, never. Really got into Bill James until pretty late uh, in the game. Uh, And I have to give John Shomby, who's the fine uh, Sunday night radio voice of ESPN, uh, a lot of credit. He and I are very good friends. And when I got the TV job with the Florida Marlins back in 2002, um, you know, John was kind of on the cutting edge in terms of looking at – the world of baseball through a different lens, and uh, I quickly caught on to it. I uh, would like to f- consider myself a somewhat intellectual human being, and uh, I, l- I like to learn stuff every day. I like th- things that are counterintuitive, and you know, it really kind of put everything I thought I knew about the game uh, on its head. And uh, you know, on-base percentage versus batting average, a lot of those things I, I found really interesting. So I've kind of been in on it for a long time, But bringing it into a baseball broadcast is tricky because, you know, generally uh, the narrative is is pretty important and you don't want to make it a math class. You want to keep the game uh, on the field paramount. So I kind of thought the best way to do this was – to try to simplify the numbers, you know, I don't do a lot of the math. I just read it (laughs) from different websites and, and, and the sort, but um, you know, defensive efficiency, I wouldn't know how to define it, but I like it as a stat in terms of team defense. So, you know, I don't need to to tell people what defensive efficiency is during a broadcast, but I can say, you know, the Dodgers do a good job of turning balls in play into outs. Uh, I think that's a very simple way to say it. So uh, there are, are ways and means, I guess, of, of taking pretty advanced concepts and trying to make them as simple as possible in a broadcast. The other thing we did on WGN uh, games for a couple of years was we did Stat Sunday, and the idea was uh, once a week on Sundays we would introduce a different stat uh, try to define it, you know, early in the game, and then give some leaderboards and some context as the game went on, and I think that was a pretty popular thing. I still get some pushback from uh, from some fans who don't want to hear about the stats, but my motto is less is more, and I'd rather use the right stats uh, and the best stats and use them more infrequently than use bad stats more frequently if that makes sense
0: it makes perfect sense and i think you know you really touched on something pretty important there i'm going to uh, i'm going to read a quote of yours you a couple years ago wrote a guest piece for baseball prospectus so these are your words right here i don't know if we'll ever go completely to slash line stats batting average on base percentage slugging in lieu of batting average home run or rbi for each hitter but we're at least getting close to broaching the subject uh that was only three years ago and i know that on your broadcast now you are actually showing all three of those stats in addition to home run and rbi uh, and I think I can't speak for every other broadcast, but that's pretty standard around the game right now. So the question is, do you think we'll go further than that? Do you think we'll show weighted runs created or stack cast exit velocity or you know, should we?
1: Well, considering that uh uh you know, I was pretty conservative in my <laughs> prediction and we seem to be almost beyond that now, I guess yes is the is the answer. I, I do think we're we're probably uh, going to get to that point. You know what's funny is I think high definition has helped a lot. Uh, I think the assumption is most people watching now uh, are watching in high definition and on big screen TVs, and I do think we're allowed to maybe put a few more numbers on the screen and they're actually able to read them. Um, you know, I don't love a lot of clutter, but I do think a lot of fans miss out when they don't get uh, the slash line. and. It's conditioning, too, right? I mean, if if you start giving people something that at first they don't think they need or like, but then you take it away a year later, then they go, wait a minute, where did that go? I, re- I remember when they started flashing the score up, uh, and then they would take it down, and then they put it up for good, and, and it was just kind of a standard thing. And then we go back and watch games from the 1980s, and I go, I have no idea what the score is right now, but that's how I grew up watching baseball. So I do think we can kind of push the envelope and and make people want to have stuff just because now they're getting things that they didn't before. Uh, But I do always believe in this game and how we cover it uh, that less is more, and that we want to make sure that we only give people the, the important things that, that really lend to the broadcast or add to the, the quote narrative that, that we're talking about at that moment.
0: You know, I think you make a, a fascinating point about HDTV and how there's more room, you know, for more information. And that probably holds true in the ballpark as well just having, <clears throat> excuse me, these enormous new video screens we're having. And that's something that I think you're seeing firsthand from Wrigley Field this year.
1: Absolutely. I think it's been a really nice addition uh, to a classic uh, ballpark, uh, you know, a lot of people call it a cathedral, a museum, whatever word you would like to use, and I agree with all of that, and the the essence of Wrigley Field has not changed, but we've added some modern amenities now that you know, I think it make it similar to Fenway Park, where you get a little bit of both, and the new video boards look just fantastic and uh, give us a lot of great numbers that uh, we, we wouldn't have seen in the past. Um, and I, I think it's a great development. I really do.
0: So let's talk about the Cubs for a minute. You've you've been uh, the voice of the Cubs since 2005. Uh, you've seen a couple of playoff trips. You've seen the worst season they've had since 1966. This year, it's actually you know they're they're nine games over 500 for the first time in six years. Uh, and I think a lot of the focus is on the young hitters. You're Russell, Schwarber, Bryant, etc. But the rotation really, I think, has done a kind of an underrated good job. Right, top six in ERA, top five in fielding independent pitching. And what's really fascinating is that three-fifths—I uh, know Watt is injured right now, but three-fifths of the rotation, Hamill, Arietta, and Wada, have been guys who couldn't make it work in Baltimore. And now they're being very successful for the Cubs. So what have you seen from them that the Cubs were able to find or, or change that's really helped them out in Chicago?
1: Yeah, that is really interesting uh, in, in terms of uh, Suyoshi Wada. He had Tommy John surgery right after he, he signed originally with the Orioles and just could never uh, get right. So, you know, his stock really lowered quite a bit. Um, In the case of Jason Hamill, uh, you know, I I, I do think just growing up in the game and, um, you know, certain pitchers at some point, it just clicks. Uh, You know, I think he's used his sinking fastball a little bit more here the last few years. His slider's been just off the charts this season. And I think he really likes being a Cub. You know, he had the best first half of his life last year before he got traded to Oakland, uh, and he's really replicated that again this season. Uh, Jake Arrieta – you know, that, that that's one where it's like the change in the change in scenery, uh, you know, looking that up in the baseball dictionary, you'd put his picture in there because, uh, you know, his numbers were not good with Baltimore. He always was a guy who everybody said had potential, but just couldn't put it together. Um, I, I think in some cases, Mike, you get traded and certain players feel slighted by their original organization. They go, wait a minute, they didn't want me. I I, I haven't asked Jake this, but based on what I've, perceived, it feels like Jake took it like somebody out there really does want me, and that's the Cubs. And and everything changed when he got here, and they they wrapped their arms around him. Uh, My guess is he struggled a bit with confidence um, and and maybe got a little bit of tough love coaching at times. And when he came here, had a couple of good starts right off the bat, and then everything just skyrocketed. And, And I think fresh eyes on him, everybody here thought, man, I... I haven't seen a four-pitch repertoire like this in a long time. I I wouldn't say he has the best fastball, the best slider, the best uh, changeup, the best curveball, but when you put all those four pitches together, it's hard to find – too many guys around baseball who have plus 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 stuff uh, all across the board, and he's now been able to use it, locate it, and uh, become one of the better number two starters in the National League.
0: Well, I'm so glad you brought up his four pitch repertoire because it's like you're over my shoulder looking at my notes here. Because I want to, <laughs> I want to give you some numbers from Statcast uh, about spin rate, and that's really I think been the most fruitful endeavor for us with this new technology, uh, is is seeing pitcher spin rate. Arietta ranks in the on the leaderboard, so let's say top dozen. Uh, for highest spin for four different pitchers right the sinker the curve the four seamer and the change and now you'd expect that for the four seamer and you'd expect that for the curve but it's really fascinating that he's got such a high spin sinker because what we've learned is that high spin pitches tend to you know go against gravity a little bit they'll they'll stay up a little more low spin pitches tend to you know die or move and that's not really the case for his sinker so it's almost like he's not throwing a sinker to get ground ball so much as it is to confuse guys and just get you know make sure they make weak contact off of them
1: yeah, it, it, that that's fascinating to learn. I I didn't know <laughs> uh, that it was that good, but you know, for me, it was just watching him, and you know, that's still important too. And I and I think that's one thing to remember with with all the the specific numbers with Statcast and how amazing it is, you know, exit velocity and, and the like. Um, when it matches what you see, I get pretty giddy because. You know, you always want to feel like you have a scout's eye, I guess, when you're inside this game. And I talk to a lot of people who are way smarter than I am and see things that I don't see. But with Jake, it's almost so obvious that the stuff is off the charts that when you hear that, you go, okay, maybe I am seeing the right things here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's really it, right? It's it's not so much reinventing the wheel as it is reinforcing with numbers things that we think we already knew, things we couldn't necessarily measure before. Uh, and for Arietta, you know, he's he's starting on Friday night against the Cardinals in the uh, MLB Network Showcase game, so a national audience is going to get to see him. Did you ever think that you'd see the day in the middle of this season where the Cubs would have two of the top 15 starting pitchers, and neither one would be John Lester?
1: Well, it's, it, I think that's very encouraging um, <laughs> because I, you know, John's track record speaks for itself. He's had, you know, some really good starts. He's had some starts that I would say have been subpar for John. Uh, I think the dead-arm period he had in spring training, we barely saw him in a Cactus League game. I I do think it put him behind the eight ball. And maybe more importantly than that, uh, coming to a new team, signing an enormous free agent contract, uh, I'm sure he put a ton of pressure on himself to come in and perform and be the ace. But as I said, you know, the proof is is in his career numbers, and he has been uh, a guy who's pitched in October and had a ton of success in the World Series. And, uh, you know, I think he'll be at the front of this rotation for a long time to come and to have two guys behind him who have had, you know, ace-like starts as well. You know, if you add one more guy to that mix, now all of a sudden you take a, you know, really good rotation and he may make it one of the best in all of baseball.
0: Well, I think that's a good point because what's interesting now is, you know, the Cubs are 39-30, and but they're also only in third place because the Cardinals are doing extremely well and the Pirates are doing extremely well. Do you get the feeling from fans that, they see that record and they want to go for it right now and win this year and trade whatever they have to do to make that happen or are you feeling that there's some patience with these young players coming up
1: well when you say fans uh, the answer is absolutely fans are impatient uh... they would they would trade the entire farm system probably for uh, cole hamels and johnny quato right now uh... but the bigger and more important question is what theo epstein thinks and you know he has said you know we have some flexibility uh... we don't have you know uh, all the money in the world to go out and do anything we want to do but we we could add on if we feel we need to they have assets uh, to to move in order to do that but he also cautioned that They are where they are because of the way they've set up this organization. The organization as a whole is healthy, and they don't want to jeopardize or lessen that health uh, in order to make a short-term move that could backfire uh, on them in the long term. So I do think it's a little tricky here in how they have to do this, and they don't need to go out and necessarily trade for a number one. You know, you, if you deal for a number three or a number four, who can match up with anybody else's three or four, you might not have to give up quite as much in return.
0: Well, you mentioned Theo Epstein, and you were obviously there uh, long before Theo came on board. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were also doing stat Sunday before Theo came on board. So you must have been the happiest man in Chicago when this particular front office came on and started, you know, running the team in that way.
1: I'm totally uh, fascinated by you know, what he did in Boston. Uh, you know i've gotten to know Theo really well and and I think the a couple of things about him i 've learned number one he's a very good scout uh, he does watch personality character all those things matter in a player they they really delve deeply into that stuff when they draft guys and sign guys on the international market trade for players uh you know how they are in the clubhouse that stuff does matter um but yeah they they you know they they 've added a lot of uh human beings with really big brain power in their uh, front office in terms of advanced scouting, uh, analytics, all those types of things. And they just have given Joe Madden and and his predecessors a lot of tools to work with. Uh, You're still allowed to kind of, you know, manage, not necessarily by your gut, you know, that I don't want to say you just make willy-nilly decisions, but it's a little bit like Blink, right, the Malcolm Gladwell book, where you're making a, quote, gut decision, but it's based on uh, all this experience that you've had before. And I know Joe talks to the analytics department about, hey, if I hit this guy here or this guy there, you know, how does this play out over the course of a season? Um, how is our shifting working Uh, I want to bat the pitcher eight. Can you do a simulation and tell me, are we going to score more runs or fewer runs? So a lot of his decisions he'll run through that department, Uh, and that's all because of Theo. And, you know, no stone is left unturned here, and it's pretty fun to watch uh, from where I sit, and the process has been just fascinating to follow. And the Cubs have never really done this, right? They never really kind of rebuilt – uh, over the course of three to four years, and now we're seeing the fruits of, of that labor here with all this young talent getting to the big league level.
0: And I have one more question for you, and then we'll let you go, and it's going to be an easy one. Yesterday you got to watch an exciting young team have a one nothing walk-off in extra innings on a gorgeous summer night at Wrigley Field, and you got to interview Daryl McDaniels from, from Run-DMC. Do you have the best job in the world? Yes. <laughs> I, don't
1: think, I don't think there's any question about it, and uh, Daryl was... Probably our best seventh-inning stretch guest this year. I thought he did a terrific job. Yeah,
0: he was great. I enjoyed that. Len Casper, voice of the Chicago Cubs, thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Mike.
0: This has been the com StatCast podcast, coming back to you next week.